as the Israeli military prepares for a possible ground invasion of Gaza. It says Hamas is holding 199 hostages. And as you've no doubt heard, two of those believed to be kidnapped are a mother and daughter from Evanston. Judith Renan and her daughter, 17-year-old Natalie, were visiting family in the south of Israel. That's about a mile from the border when Hamas unleashed its surprise attack on October 7th. Rabbi Mayor Hecht is co-director of community outreach at Chabad of Evanston. And the Renans are longtime members there. He joins us now in studio. Welcome. Thank you, Sasha. Thank you for having me. How are you and, and others who, who know the family feeling now? It's It's been 10 days since that Hamas attack. It's unimaginable, the pain, the grief, the shock. I just can't explain it in any other words other than absolute pain, unimaginable grief, and our community is devastated. The family is beyond devastated, as you can obviously imagine. I do want to correct you on one thing that you said in the introductory remarks. The two, uh, mother, mom and daughter, mm-hmm. Judith and Natalie, have been confirmed as hostages by the Israeli government and the State Department. So we do know that they are alive, to the best of our knowledge, and uh, they are hostages in Gaza. They were in a kibbutz, a village uh, just all the way in the south of Israel, yeah. near about a mile, mile and a half away from Gaza, called Nachal Oz. They were spending the holiday season there. Of course, you know, this is uh, the most uplifting time of year for yeah. the Jewish community, the high holiday season, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and then, of, then there's the Sukkot holiday, which is a very festive and j- the most joyous holiday season. So the timing uh, right now is just... Beyond, you know, beyond belief. And the actual attack took place on what's called Simchat Torah. The Hebrew word Simchat means joy. It's like the joyous holiday of the year. And it's obvious that uh, Hamas chose that day uh, to destroy our joy, our festivity, and Mm -hmm. to try and turn it into grief. And there's no doubt that they plummeted our heights of joy into grief, but they certainly have not broke our resolve and they have not broke our hopes. And they will not be able to destroy our upbeat and positive attitude in life that will uh, always prevail over this type of darkness. Yeah. Uh, since the kidnapping, you have emphasized uh, hopelessness is a goal of terror campaigns. So to your point, I Explain that a bit more and talk about how you and others affected are staying hopeful. Because that's not easy right now. Yeah. It, the timing, of course, as I mentioned before, makes things so much more painful. But as Jews, as I'm a man of faith, I'm a rabbi, we encourage everyone to bring hope to their lives. In a timeless, painful as this, all we want to do is to tell everyone that we have power within us. Every person has power. That power is prayer. That power is faith. That power is hope. And when we encourage others to bring that kind of hope to themselves, to their own family, it reverberates. And it it does great things for the people around. Now, for the family that's uh, 
suffering, the family that's in grief, that's now every day in touch with government officials doing things they've never done before to just try and get their family member out of a place of terror. Mm -hmm. The hope that that they have is encouraged by the knowledge that all of us are bringing that message of hope to each other. What are we doing? We're praying. We're encouraging others. We're encouraging the family. We're encouraging our community. Yeah. This past uh, Saturday, Shabbos, the Sabbath, our community sat together. After services, we had a gathering, and ev- we went around the room. Every person shared personal uh, reflections of Judith, who would come every Saturday and sit with us. I just mm. I'm picturing now how she would parade around the room holding the baby and and uh, rock the baby to to bed when the baby was antsy, uh, bringing gifts over just just before she left to uh, Israel. Right before she left, she came over to the to our home and dropped off a prayer book, beautiful pink pink prayer book for my daughter, and uh, inscribed in it yeah. for. Um, for Hannah, my daughter, from Judith and Natalie with love. We cherish that right now more you than your, ever. You and your wife, I mean, Absolutely. we're really close with them. Very close. And we're, we asked our children to take that special prayer book and say a prayer from it for them. I just want to point out as well that uh, we, Judith is a, is a mom of a young daughter. She, she took her daughter to Israel for a special occasion. Now, they went together to spend this quality mom and daughter time mm-hmm. in in Israel to visit family, to visit uh, to to visit uh, friends in Israel, and they're they're just regular innocent people. These are our neighbors. These are our our family members. These are people who live down the block here in Chicago. I'm talking to the city of Chicago, and I want you to know this is not someone on the other side of the world. This is your neighbor here from Chicago who is now a hostage in the hands of terrorists. How were other members of their family affected by the Hamas attack? I was in touch this morning with the family members, both in Israel and here in Chicago, and all I could say is they are pained beyond belief. At the same time, they're doing all they can. They've gone into full full gear, uh, putting together teams, uh, yeah. a, a uh, like an army group to work on the daily efforts that is necessary to bring Judith and Natalie back and home. And their, their 85-year-old, uh, I guess, grandmother, it sounds like Judith's, Judith's mother, was, was saved, I understand, by the, the military after yes, the attack. Yes, that, that's correct. Um, so the, Judith and Natalie were not staying in the same home. They had rented a home in the kibbutz at a different uh, part of the kibbutz. And the grandmother was in her home. She was in her safe room. And uh, thankfully... As she was saved by the by the military. So hostages being taken, that really is just one part of the story um, of, of the surprise attack by Hamas, right? We also know that militants killed some 1,400 people, uh, most of them civilians. So what's it been like for you and your congregation as you reflect on a tragic loss of life? Sasha, that is such an important point that you're bringing up. And I'd like to just share my own reflections. You're talking about 1,400 plus, more than 1,400 Jews that were slaughtered. I'm going to use some harsh words because there's no way to minimize what we're discussing here. 
This is the biggest massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. Try to think about that. We're talking about beheading people, beheading babies, children, burning entire families alive in their homes, massacre on an entire town, taking innocent people, innocent civilians away from their homes and their families as hostages to a foreign, uh, foreign country. This is a war between barbaric savage and civilization. People have to understand this is not in militants coming into another country to fight a war. This is terrorism coming into innocent homes, streets and homes of innocent towns and brutally savaging, murdering innocent people, murdering babies, holding children hostage. Just think about that. I mean, we're talking about terrorists that have no qualms, beheading babies and burning entire families alive. So I think that people all around, all around the world at this time, people who cherish civilization, people who cherish humanity, people that want to stand up for morality, need to unite and join together in the effort, this fight against evil. All decent people need to rally around goodness. Oftentimes, morality can become complex, and there, be, there are blurred lines in many situations, what is right and what is wrong. This is not one of those situations. The lines of good and evil are so clear. They have been put before us in a way that is inseparable. And here at home, since the uh, original attack on the 7th of October, the Evanston Police Department says that uh, it's increased its presence around local places of worship as well as schools. I wonder if you've been part of any of those conversations. Yes, absolutely. And uh, it's an opportunity for me to thank the Evanston Police Department, who has done an incredible job reaching out to all of the houses of worship. They've been in touch with me, and they have made such a strong effort to be present and to make it known to us that they are present. The uh, the mayor of Evanston and members of the Evanston-Skokie Board of Education also made statements uh, condemning violence perpetrated by both Hamas and the Israeli government. What do you make of those statements? I am very glad that uh, people in public positions are making statements to morally... Uh, to, to stand up for morality and to tell the world that this is not okay, that terrorism is morally repugnant, and that we do not give any support to terror. And on the contrary, we will support the war effort to remove and to uproot terror from our, from our midst. America needs every voice right now. Mm-hmm. Moral civilization needs every voice. And in fact, I think our listeners need to know that America and moral civilization needs you, every person that's listening, because this is not a Jewish tragedy. This is not an Israeli tragedy. This is a human tragedy. This is a human massacre. We are facing an enemy that all they want to do is destroy our morality, our civilization, and our humanity. Uh, Evanston Mayor Daniel Biss says, quote, I have found it disorienting to see some people and organizations address this situation without an unequivocal condemnation of Hamas's murderous attacks. Such a condemnation does not limit one's ability to criticize Israel's actions, 
past or future. It doesn't limit one's ability to empathize with the profound suffering of the Palestinian people or to fight for justice. Indeed, it is morally necessary to do all of these things, but there can be no progress toward justice or peace if we're willing to turn a blind eye to the killing of civilians anywhere. Uh, Rabbi, President Biden is uh, going to be making a wartime visit to Israel tomorrow uh, to, quote, demonstrate his steadfast support for Israel in the face of Hamas's uh, brutal terrorist attack and to consult on next steps, end quote. What do you make of the president's visit? Uh, and, and is there anything that you would like him to focus on during the trip? I'm really glad that the president made that choice to make this visit. I think it'll bring a tremendous amount of support and feeling of uh, that that United States of America is fully behind Israel. And um, I think the president's presence in Israel will itself be a show of strength and support that we really need at this time. Before we go, is there anything else that you want the Chicago community who's listening to us right now to, to know about you know what the Renan family and, and your community is experiencing? We, Our community and the Renan family are experiencing a tremendous amount of pain. This is devastation and the level that can, can no way be described or explained. But I think the message that our community and the world needs to hear at this time is that Every person can make a difference. Don't just listen to a radio show or watch a TV station and say, okay, that's something on the other side of the world. You can make a difference. You can stand. Every person has a voice. Stand up with your voice and tell the world that you are there for truth. You are there for the rights of civilization and for goodness. And every person can can and should also Make a specific effort to do an extra deed of goodness. Goodness and kindness changes the world. A deed to help your neighbor, to help your friend. Mm -hmm. And have in mind when you do that good deed that it should make a difference reverberating around the world because every spiritual act that we do has an impact on this world. And uh, to my Jewish listeners right now, I'd like to ask each of you to... Do a special mitzvah. Take on a mitzvah. You can co- contact me at jewishevanston.com, and I will be happy to help you either wrap to fill in, make sure you have candles for Shabbat. I'm happy to bring a kosher mezuzah to any home in the Chicago area for free at no cost. Just please reach out to me. Now is the time for Jews to show up at Shul. Now is the time for Jews to proudly display your Jewish pride. And we will win this war because goodness always wins and our resolve is very strong. We'll have to leave it there. I do want to make sure that uh, before we close that we have the the very latest and most accurate information. So I do want to issue a clarification that uh, the claims of beheading have not actually been verified uh, just yet. A White House spokesperson did clarify that U.S. officials and the president haven't actually seen pictures or confirmed such reports uh, independently. Okay. Rabbi Mayor Hecht is co-director of community outreach at Chabad of Evanston. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me, Sasha. Now, for more of our coverage on the Israel-Hamas war, head over to wbez.org slash reset. Yesterday on the program, we heard from a Chicago-based nonprofit with doctors on the ground in Gaza. We talked with Wadia Al-Fayumi, the Palestinian-American. We talked about 
the Palestinian-American boy who was killed over the weekend in Plainview, Illinois, in what prosecutors are saying is a hate crime. And earlier we checked in with a panel of interfaith leaders, Jewish, Christian, and Muslim, who returned from Jerusalem just as the Hamas attack on Israel began. We also covered how misinformation about the conflict is spreading on social media.